Welcome back to the program. In the Netflix series House of Cards, Vice President Frank Underwood, a man dealing with and plotting the fate of the world, takes time out to work with his hands and craft and lay out Civil War figurines. He says it's a form of relaxation. For many people, even those in high-profile and high-stress jobs, working with their hands, crafts, and even cooking fulfill a primal and important need. In a world where nothing ever seems to conclude, where the days and responsibilities and the technology seem both endless and seamless, the art of craft has for many a very special place and a powerful sense of fulfillment. We're going to talk about this today with my guest, Peter Korn. He's the founder and executive director of the Center for Furniture Craftsmanship. He's been a furniture maker since 1974. He's the author of several how-to books. His work has been exhibited nationally in galleries and museums, and he's the author of a new book entitled Why We Make Things and Why It Matters, The Education of a Craftsman. Peter Korn, thanks so much for joining us. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on the show. Great to have you here. It does seem that the more complex the world becomes, the more creative it becomes in so many ways, the more we're reliant on technology, the more this primal need to do something with our hands seems to, to be pronounced. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. Well, I think that people have always had a very constant need to or to make things with their hands out of actual materials. It's what we've done uh, biologically or as a species for hundreds of thousands of years. And the nature of today's life is it's beca- our experience is ever more virtual. We're dealing with screens. We're dealing with ephemera. And, and that is just a long way from our central natures. It seems like 3D printing, for example, is the exact opposite of this, where you even use the screen to design something and then just print it out. Yes, as I, I've been a craftsman for 40 years, and when I will go to shows now like the International Contemporary Furniture Fair and see the young designers who are doing exciting things and they're excited about what they do, but their idea of design is that it takes place at a computer, and then their idea of fabrication is you push a button and it gets 3D printed or a CNC machine routes something out, and that is uh, that is certainly creativity, and it can be fulfilling on some levels, but it's also what I would call uh, dumb design, and not in the sense of stupid, but in the sense of uninformed, because they're missing so much knowledge that comes from hands-on experience of tools, techniques, materials, and engineering, and those things. Is it about the knowledge, or is it about really some primal need, some kind of fulfillment and satisfaction that comes from the process? Well, what, what I, I set out to write in this book was to explore two questions that have been part of my life for the last 40 years as a furniture maker. And one of those is, what is the nature of a good life? And, and then how does creative work play into it? And I think that, um, that the, the most essential thing about our humanity, in a way, in terms of meaning and fulfillment in life is when we do the work of coming up with an idea and then bringing it into real existence in the world using some measure of our own discipline and skill, that is where I have certainly found uh, rewarding meaning and fulfillment in life, and it's my observation that other people do too. And that could be in the world I know, which is making furniture, craft, but that can also be true in the world of business or science or in the kitchen. 
With respect to craft, is there a nexus or can there be a nexus with technology or are the two in some ways anathema to each other? I don't think they're anathema at all. I, I think, for example, I welcome uh, 3D printing and CNC equipment as part of, as, as more fabrication tools that we can add to what we already have. And my only problem with them is when people rely on them solely, then they've really limited what they're capable of doing. What are the nuances within the different kinds of crafts? In other words, is working with your hands, woodworking, philosophically and in some ways different from the kitchen, as you say, or other kinds of craft? Is there something inherent in a particular process that adds an extra dimension to what we're talking about? Not in the sense that one type of craft or one form of art is, is better or worse than another, but certainly every medium has different characteristics that appeal to different people. So with ceramics, it's a very plastic, and when I say plastic, I mean fluid, malleable material, clay, and it's worked in one way, while with wood, what you do is always additive or subtractive, but you can't stretch it, you can't form it, and these things appeal to different sorts of natures. Woodworkers, in general, I think of them as being very, I hope my brethren will forgive me, but <laughs> very rectilinear people. Uh, and I, when I worked at an art center in Colorado that also had ceramics, I found the people in ceramics to be more spontaneous, like their material. It, um, it's interesting that way. I won't want to draw any too general rules about it, though. What is the difference between talking about it as an art versus a craft? And does, it, does that conversation matter? I really, I, well, okay, so the art-craft divide goes back about 700 years. And prior to that, there was no divide. And it's quite strong. Um, and, it's, and it's just a cultural norm. And there is no significant difference between what one does in the fine arts and what one does in the crafts if you're pursuing them creatively, which is what I'm writing about. And, um, but it's a useful distinction in the sense that it's an unavoidable distinction because our, our society has this hierarchy where it associates the fine arts with activities of the mind. It associates the craft with activities of the body. This is the Cartesian divide, one might say. And, uh, and, it, and it just gives a lot more value to the fine arts. And as I say, from my point of view, that's unfortunate because I think both art and craft are equally ways in which we explore our own humanity and uh, learn more about who we are as individuals and as a species and who we can become. What do we know to be different about the creative process that takes place when one is working literally with their hands in the areas that we're talking about versus working on a screen or in, you know, a collaborative business sense? I think actually that's a, in some ways that's a question for neuroscientists to answer the, mm -hmm. the how of. I can only observe what actually happens. Uh, when you're working with your hands, there is, you, you can enter this state called flow, which a, a a professor named Mihai, Chiksent Mihai, has written about in books called Creativity and mm -hmm. Flow, where you yourself disappear into the work. And it's this incredibly enjoyable, uh, pleasurable experience where you're almost not there. 
you're doing the work, and it's flowing through you. And when you're doing work that involves your hands and your head and your heart, which is how craft has been described for a long time, it's particularly rewarding because you're using the whole person in your creative effort. Talk a little bit about your own personal experience in furniture design and furniture making. I grew up in a family where my father was a lawyer and my mother was an historian. And it was, um, I had never, neither of them did anything with their hands as a, as a creative art. And I never had met a craftsperson in my life. But after college, I was looking for real life. And I moved to Nantucket Island in 1972 when it was a really quiet place. <laughs> the first job that came along was as a carpenter. And I found that I loved working with my hands, and it was far different than anything in my background had led me to expect in terms of not only how delightful it was to actually physically make things and see them existing in the world, but also carpentry involves a lot of uh, cognitive skills, too. There's a lot of problem solving. And so I found that great. And after two years, I started to make furniture. I taught myself. And... Um, and it was the thing that got me to do it was making a cradle for some friends. And after three days in a barn making that cradle, there it was. That's what put me on the road to furniture making. What about people that say that they're just not good with their hands, that it's just not something they feel they can do? Well, there is no question that, as in all fields of endeavor, some people have more innate talent or skill at working with their hands and working with their hands in different areas. But I run a school. We have more than 400 students come through a year. And there isn't anyone who comes to that school who doesn't leave better able to make things, fabricate things out of wood with their hands and also better able to be creative and design things. Because even in our basic woodworking courses, we put students on the road to designing their own projects. How have you seen this feed into creativity, the idea of people being creative in, in making things with their hands, in some ways enhancing their overall creativity? Uh, I can only say that, again, we get a lot of students at our school, and many of them find the experience of learning how to design and build furniture to be transformative in their own lives. And, and they tell me this. They, 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 they then pursue woodworking as a passion. Um, I think that, it that for many people, having, I, for, pe sorry, for people who have a creative passion, I think they know the answer to this, that when you have something that you love to do where you're making things, uh, it provides a balance and it provides a core sense of identity and fulfillment in a way that many things don't. Talk a little bit about what that fulfillment is like. What have you found? What do other people tell you that might not do this as a profession, but do it as a hobby, that find a certain pleasure in it? Well, fulfillment's a really hard thing to, to, to uh, define, and I'm not a psychologist, so I have to beg off a little, but I will say that uh, I think that the way the human mind works is the essential thing we do all the time every day is we construct or maintain a picture of how how the world works and how we feel fit into it and i think that fulfillment comes when that picture is reasonably accurate and also 
that is it, it's a very positive picture that you that you can form and maintain of yourself and how the world works. The great thing about craft is that because you're working with real materials in the real world, it grounds your picture of how the world works in reality. You you can't fool a chisel or a piece of wood. Either the chisel is sharp or it isn't, either a joint fits or it doesn't. And so one's models are grounded in the real as a craftsman. Is there a universality to this that you've seen in virtually all crafts and basically anything people might want to do with their hands? I, I think there's an interesting distinction between, uh, between make, for example, making a reproduction of something or, or coming up with something, a new idea uh, that hasn't existed before, which is the essence of creativity. So you can practice a craft where you're enjoying the physical process of, of making things and you enjoying developing skills and exercising them. And that in itself is hugely rewarding and valuable. But for me, there's a step beyond that, which is where you're not only building things, but you're building things of your own design. And when you add that element, I think craft becomes really powerful. Where does working in the kitchen fit into that equation? Well, I, I know for myself, I love to cook, and, um, and it's something I get to do every day. Um, and and I just I find it makes life much richer. And I'm not talking about just eating good food, <laughs> but actually uh, being in the kitchen and making the food is is more enjoyable even than eating the meal. Uh, I think and and it's a place where at least for me I get to to experiment a little every day. I don't you know work with the same recipes twice. It's much different than craft though, because when you're when you're in craft the way we understand it, you're actually making an object that once it's in the world, it will exist relatively permanently. And of course, when you're in the kitchen, the results are ephemeral. You eat them and they're gone. Except, uh, except for those that feel the need to take pictures of all of them on their phone. <laughs> right. And there, there might be some clue there. So I'm, I'm honestly not exactly sure where, how, to, how to describe uh, cooking uh, in terms of its relationship to craft. It's similar, but it's different. What role do you see craft playing, or what role should do you think it should play in the context of education, particularly for young people? Well, there are very strong arguments being made that the mind develops better if the hand is engaged, uh, and that human beings are actually physiologically wired for that to be true. And, and I even have read that if that children learn better remember what they're hearing better in a classroom if they can doodle at the same time that they're listening which is counterintuitive um, so i don't again this is not something i have answers to but i would suspect that our that there's a certain there's a strong prejudice in our society against training the hand in school time that we think time is better spent training the mind purely and I think that's probably a mistake in terms of developing well-rounded, healthy individuals who function at a high level. Are we losing crafts and craftspeople in this country? We are and have been for a long time in the sense that uh, craft is a very difficult way to make a living. You're, you're, you're making, we're making objects that for functions where industry can always make less expensive 
goods. Uh, so it's hard to make a living as a furniture maker or a ceramicist or as a ceramic artist. Whether, you know, whether you're making functional or artistic work, it's difficult. Uh, so in that way, craft is becoming more of a byway. And also, as the nature of life becomes ever more virtual from the cradle on, where we're dealing with the Internet and uh, devices, people become less aware of craft as an, um, as an alternative in terms of something one might do. What I hope is that people, when I'm, what I'm hoping to do in writing this book, is to encourage people to follow their creative passions and, and to create um, or provide an intellectual framework for discussing them so that one can value them beyond the normal ways of valuing things we have, which is by measuring them in terms of money or fame. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for me, I don't care whether people pursue a craft or other creative art as a profession or as a hobby. I think the essential thing to do is to follow it. It's interesting where the phrase and where the words get used today. You even hear handcrafted referring to beer and, you know, an artisanal as, as a function of this. Talk a little bit about the expansion of just the idea of handcrafted. Um, well, first I'd like to say that, that generally it seems in society the, the, when something disappears or, or when we have less of something, we talk about it more. I don't, I'm not, just not sure how to phrase that. Um, and as we have a less that is handcrafted in our lives, truly handcrafted, which is to say made with care and skill by an individual, we seem to be using that phrase more and more. Uh, but uh, one, so craft, the idea of craft is something that we still value tremendously and it's used in marketing a lot where it may not be appropriate, but it is meant to give an idea that someone cared about the result of the effort, which is an another association of craft, mm -hmm. and it's one that the sociologist Richard Sennett used in his book, The Craftsman, where he's writing about craft uh, from his point of view as people caring about what they do. What are you seeing in, in terms of your own classes and the people that you teach with respect to age range and generational difference? Well, I'm seeing a number of things. The people who, one-fourth of what we do at the school is one- and two-week workshops for amateur woodworkers, and our audience there tends to be people in their 50s. The other three-quarters of what we do is professional training for people in fine woodworking, and there are median age is somewhere around 32. It's a, younger, it's a younger demographic. And one thing we're seeing is that incoming students on average, sort of over time, have less previous experience with uh, making things, with measuring things, because it's less and less part of the background culture. One is less likely now to have a father or grandfather who has a wood shop than one was 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. And that's just the, that is the drift of the culture over time. But it doesn't mean that, that craft will disappear because, as I say, as, as biological beings, I think we're hungry to make things out of the real materials of the world. Over the years that you've been doing this, do you find that, that some of your students start out more awkward, that they're more removed from really what's required today? Although they may, some of them, of course, may be good at it and pick it up quickly, 
but is there more of a disconnect in the beginning? Yeah, absolutely there is. There's a, I mean, obviously, the students who come to us, the Center for Furniture Craftsmanship, are pre-selected mm-hmm, to, want mm-hmm. to, to have an interest in making things. But the, the, they have, they're far less likely, for example, to have had the opportunity to make something in a high school wood shop because high school wood shops have virtually disappeared ev- everywhere. There's hardly any left. Um, so that it, you're, you are observing a definite change in the culture. Talk a little bit about what you see personally as the future of this kind of craftsmanship. Is it going to stay with us? I think that craft is ineradicable. Uh, again, I, I think that there is such a pleasure in making things out of physical materials, whether those materials are clay, wood, metal, or glass, or something more modern like plastic. If you're physically manipulating materials to make an object uh it's a it's a unique type of experience and it's something that human beings have been doing to survive and thrive forever so i think that it will not disappear peter corn his book is why we make things and why it matters the education of a craftsman peter i thank you so much for spending time with us today jeff it was a pleasure thank you thank you we'll take a break i'll be right back 